It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes, it's superhero slate. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're buying our Spider-Man tickets. Oh, Spider-Cyber... No, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. I was like, I already forgot the pun off the top of my head. Although you guys are probably listening to this on Monday, they are going on sale at midnight 01 Monday for us. So So, if you hear this, go buy them right now while the seats are Okay, gotcha. I was like, midnight's always a hard day to decipher. You gotta be very clear on what day it is. It's like 12.01 a.m. Monday, I think is what AMC said. I'm like, very specific time. That's fine. I'll be there to buy it. Uh, we get our first look at DC's League of Super Pets trailer, mm-hmm. and Hawkeye debuts. I can't wait to talk about this. We have two episodes to go over mm-hmm. at the end of the show and more. Ooh, Chris, it's been a full weekend. It is American uh-huh. Thanksgiving, which we just wrapped up, and yes. uh, I think maybe about like a 90 minutes ago, I finished like a huge plate of leftovers, and um, it's just funny, when you when you kind of put that whole plate together, you realize just how beige it is all around. Like, I know you get like a little Earthy green tones. from the from the green bean casserole that like pokes through, but it's just like, it's just a plate of beige and it's delicious. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we'll see, we'll see how much uh, energy and I might need to do, do like a calisthenics break, like in between segments on this episode. I got gravy flowing in my veins. Yeah. I, I, I totally feel you there. I just got off the road. I had a lot of, I had a lot of traveling to visit my family, and then I got back in. And then if anyone hears any rattling or stuff, I got a new desk this week, and I just like looked over at my microphone's kind of bouncing in my face. I'm like, oh, that, <laughs> that probably isn't good. So uh, just bear with me as we kind of adjust to here. But, yeah, I mean. Well, it, I, I know you got one of those standing desks. Are you standing right now, or are no, you sitting? I didn't get the standing desk. Remember, we talked about it. I got I got the one without the motor cuz it was half pr- half price over the standing one. So, I'm sitting. Uh, yeah. I standing who needs room. the who needs the stand? It's overrated anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, not while we're doing the show at least. I'll probably end up doing <laughs> laps or not talking to the microphone while I'm standing. Uh, but anyway, we're we're here. Um, Thanksgiving was great. Uh, I hope everyone had a a good Thanksgiving and lots of good food and all that uh, fun stuff that kind of goes along with it. Um, I did talk to one of my cousins, or it was my mom's cousin, so whatever math that is I, I don't yeah know. was that like a is that like a distant uncle or a like second a second cousin? cousin like once removed i don't, I don't know what it is a, a grand cousin <laughs> yeah exactly uh, uh but anyway he is um he's recently uh he, he he's got some some medical issues so he's gotten into buying uh marvel and some horror action figures and actually like crafting like dioramas for them and i was he was showing me his collection and he's going through um one of his big ones uh his favorite characters spider-man of course and um uh iron fist before the before the the show of course uh so he was showing me all the ones that he's gotten and he has like a very impressive spider-man like mural he's working on with like all the characters you can think of from like you know, the, the, the 90s cartoon, uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friend show, stuff like that that he grew up with. So um, I was always it's always fun when he's around because we get to talk Marvel at the dinner table uh, mm-hmm. for, for Thanksgiving. So everyone else is like, are they still doing the Marvels? I'm like, yeah, yeah, they are. 
thank you thank you for checking in on that so um that's that's my that's my little little bit of nerd cred for this and also um i didn't put it here because this is a given mike every thanksgiving it is a requirement in uh the house to watch planes trains and automobiles the Mm -hmm. true movie about getting home in time for thanksgiving and i want to give you a fun fact about this movie mike Um, yes please i'm i'm so fun uh when i watched it you know growing up on several times it, i did it was like the the wife has really nothing to do and i'm like why is she just look all forlorn and sad this whole movie right like is it that important that he just gets home on time for thanksgiving like aren't there like wouldn't it be better if he just gets home safe and alive right like kind of things mm-hmm. uh come to find in the original script and i think they even filmed it is she didn't believe that uh dell was a a, a real person that he uh steve marchgate was actually having an affair with somebody else, but they cut that whole thing out to keep the humor going. Oh, uh, interesting. So all the scenes, I'm like, why does she look like exasperated about this? Like what is happening? What, what backstory are we missing? Like you, can, you don't even need this part, right? Like you just call someone on the phone and like, we don't have to see her come to find out. There's a whole like different subplot to this movie that they cut out. So if anyone's at, ever watch it and wondering it's uh that's why. So, uh, that's my fun fact for the for the episode, Mike. I'll just uh, we'll call it quits here. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but uh, you 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 actually went out and saw something here, and I I don't. It's got a lot of words I don't understand. So <laughs> yes, go ahead and tell uh, me I went that. out went out into the real world. Uh, my wife's birthday is coming up in a couple of weeks, so I got tickets to a show entitled The Enigmatist, performed by uh, David Kwong. Now, if you don't know what any of that is, I didn't either. The show was recommended to us uh, because David Kwong is a New York Times crossword creator and magician, and also um, is, uh, what's it called? Um when you help TV show productions, um, but you're not actually like a part of the show, like a uh, a consultant. That's what it okay. is. He is like a consultant on like several TV shows in Hollywood when it comes to like crafting puzzles and mysteries inside of the TV show. So he has like the stage, uh, the stage show happening uh, down uh, down here in L.A. And uh, we went to it, and it was a blast. My wife is a huge fan of puzzles and crosswords. I am not. I am trash. I'm horrible at puzzles. Basically, I can get away with uh, playing puzzles in video games because usually they're made simple enough that a child could complete them. So I'm safe when it comes to video games, but I've never finished a crossword puzzle uh, in my life. But I still had a really, really great time. Uh, I think the show originally started on the East Coast and moved out here. So this is maybe a little bit more like a PSA of I think it wraps up in Los Angeles on December 12th so maybe take a look in your local uh, theater settings Uh, maybe it'll be coming to a city near you at some point in time Um, it it was really it was really really fun to see like a a magic kind of mixed up with like a scrabble and crossword uh, uh, tips because this dude is like just a really big, big word nerd but if we had to tie it to the show, uh, he does a lot of audience participation, which makes the, the show oh, nice. really fun. And he uh, he handed this uh, Kiwi, which, spoiler, had a, a dollar bill magically hidden inside of it. 
and he handed it to like this, I want to say maybe she was like 13, like this just like little teenage girl in the audience to be like, okay, I need you to hold on to this. And she's like, all right, I'll take care of this Kiwi. And later in the show, he, um, you know, he uh, hooks back into her and he's just like, okay, uh, I, you know, I, I want to fill out this. I need to ask you some questions. Uh, I need, I need you to tell me what's your favorite superhero. And she was absolutely dumbfounded. She like, and like uh, he, he was just like any superhero. Okay, uh, what, what's just the last movie that you saw? She's just like, oh, I've only seen like one superhero movie, and I'm just like, what? Like who, <laughs> especially in this town of Los Angeles, the town of movies, has only seen one superhero movie? And she's like a teenager, but I suppose like you know, if you had to make the gender line, like maybe a teenage girl is less interested in it. But of course, the only one she saw was Tom Holland's Spider Man because oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody uh, loves Tom. Holland at that age so I just thought that was really really funny but just by default Spider-Man uh, becomes your favorite superhero mm-hmm. whether you're into comic books or not it, yeah, that it's was fun- the- well it's funny you mention that because uh, Spider-Man the the first movie turns 20 years old next year and next year's like in a month so Oh, that's uh, probably like a classic film that yeah. she'll study in film school one day if she uh, if she ends up going yeah. to that. Uh, yeah. So anyway sorry to interrupt I'm like that, yeah Spider-Man transcends time <laughs> and, and gender yeah, but a really, really fun show. Uh, also, like, David Kwong has a little bit of, like, a YouTube presence, too. So if you want to see some of his, like, Scrabble tricks or the way he creates uh, crossword puzzles, I think he has a lot of that kind of type of stuff up on YouTube. So go check that out and maybe uh, stay tuned and see if the Enigmatist comes to your town. Uh, but second up, uh, Thanksgiving is finally over here in America, which means you can crack the champagne bottle and start your Christmas celebration without any any weird uh, pre-Thanksgiving guilt and Boo. we started dipping into <laughs> some of the new uh, holiday stuff and there's this really nice uh, little uh, short short animated stop motion piece on Netflix called Robin Robin from uh, the studio Armin Animation and it's the same studio that has made um, a lot of the stop motion stuff you love and uh, it's just this fun like sweet little Christmas story about like um, an abandoned uh, orphan Robin that's raised by like a family of mice and how they sneak around and they get uh, foods and treats out of people's houses and this story happens to take place around the holidays and it was actually just really funny I love I always uh, am a fan of British humor because they always lean into a physical comedy or just like mm-hmm. little bits that you wouldn't always get with uh, maybe some of the American sensibilities. Um, but yeah, go check out Robin Robin on Netflix. It's only like 30 minutes long, so it'll be a really easy thing maybe to add into your holiday traditions uh, rotations. Um, and also, it's like a, it is a uh, I wouldn't even say it's a trend anymore, but there are a lot of just really good like holiday shorts. Like what are the ones with like the elves that have like tactical gear and equipment? I think like maybe DreamWorks is makes it, them. Is it like, or, it's like Project Elf or something like or that. Or, something like that. And there's like a few of them. I had never seen them before. And I think they came out actually quite a while ago. But uh, I was home one holiday and my my brother had them on like a flash drive or something and he like plugged them into like a, a Blu-ray player, which just seems like arcane, uh, <laughs> uh, archaic at this point in time, but they were really, really good. So yeah, I feel like you could really blow through a couple hours of holiday content just with uh, like, you know, 10, 20, 30 minute shorts, but yeah, uh, yeah. there you go. The holiday season is off to the races. It, one of well, one of my favorites is always the Grinch. Uh, I actually have um have it on vinyl record as well. Like to like if I ever want to like listen to it rather than just watch it. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, I believe uh, Charlie 
it's my there's two Charlie Brown Christmas specials. I don't know if you know this, Mike. There are two. Uh, most people think it's um, it's uh, was it Charlie Brown Christmas is the original one. That's what the Christmas mm-hmm. tree. Well, my favorite one is actually it's Christmas time again, Charlie Brown, and that's the one where Lucy is doing the play and she says um, instead of hark uh, in in the play she says hockey sticks, and uh, I I will always remember that. See, I don't know why I had that version when I was younger, <laughs> but I, I will always remember that version. I everyone knows the tree one, of course, but like. I was like, oh, when's the part coming up when they say hockey sticks? And everyone's like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, <laughs> so I had to look this up. But yeah, apparently there's two different versions. But anyway, like, hash, hashtag not my Charlie Brown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the <You're>, sequel's better. <laughs> uh, I've, been, uh, I've been trying to catch up a little bit on uh, just uh, historical SNL sketches just because I am uh, woefully unequipped to talk about just the legacy of SNL. And I came across this one sketch on YouTube that's just called uh, You're a Rat Bastard, Charlie Brown. Mm-hmm. And it's what if Charlie Brown was like a stage play and like Robert De Niro uh, played Charlie Brown and um, uh, Larry David was like um, another one of the characters. But it's 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 really funny. But yeah, Charlie Brown uh, very much gives the vibe of Christmas. Yeah, very, very much so. And then also Hawkeye. But we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll get there. In a little bit, so let's let's jump into these news. Let's jump into this. I think uh, this is the, this is the most important thing to me right now, Mike. I, I don't know about you, but the Spider-Man tickets for No Way Home are dropping at twelve oh one a.m. Monday. So it in, for us is four hours and ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to be staying up late to get my tickets to this in IMAX early show, and I can get. I don't want to be spoiled by this movie, Mike. I feel there's a lot to be to be had, a lot to be said. <laughs> Uh, yes, indeed. It. So I'm going to jump on the first showing I can get and get some of the, hopefully the best seats I want and the seats I want uh, for that. And every time tickets go on sale, they have to tell you how long the movie is. So the runtime has been confirmed, I believe, to be two hours and 28 minutes. So um, it's about par for the course, right? They have to wrap up three Spider-Man movies and all the other stuff he was in and bring in possibly three no, five other Spider-Man movies. So, yeah, there's a lot going on in this movie. So Yeah, buckle up for the ride. I, I guess it's really just dawning on me now, right, uh, that this is a Spider-Man trilogy, which is kind of hard to set in to because, you know, the character has popped up in so many other movies. And, like, we haven't just seen, like, Spider-Man, like, cameo. Like, he's had, like, real, like, emotional connections and, like, arcs with other characters yeah. in other Avengers movies. So, yeah, it's just like, is it really going to have a trilogy feel or not? And then also, uh, I suppose we are getting Thor Love and Thunder, but yes. I know a lot of people uh, uh, kind of try to pretend that Dark World didn't happen. So Despite Marvel's were... attempt to shoehorn it back <laughs> into being a very important part of the MCU. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, in the future, when there are like just Thor rewatches, I'm sure some people will say like, oh, this is the this is the unofficial trilogy. You just take out yeah. Thor the Dark World and you keep going. So, yeah, we, we we don't really have anything beyond three movies at this point in time. But it seems like Tom Holland is young. He's spry. He's ready to be yeah. Spider-Man more. So there- we'll see maybe if this if this sets up a fourth movie at the end or if it's really more just setting up future appearances because yeah. I mean the last Spider-Man movie uh, the cliffhanger actually did set up the next movie not all of the other kind of like spider appearances right yeah well I, I think there's an opportunity here like you said he the, he is kind of relied on mentors throughout this movie his movies right uh, Iron mm-hmm. Man 
Iron Man slash Mysterio and now Doctor Strange. So I think there's an opportunity for them if they keep going and do more movies and don't really look at it as a, as a trilogy, just more Spider-Man stories, uh, for him to be his own character and to have his own adventures and be an adult, uh, hopefully, or like in college. Um, and like you said, what we want, what do we want to see him at the most? Swinging downtown New York. When is he going to do it, Mike? I don't know. <laughs> we need him being downtown. So, um, I'm excited to watch this. I'm excited to see all the the surprises, the reveals, the uh, uh, again. This shouldn't make the movie good or bad, but the post credit scenes, which we always love talking about and speculating. Mm-hmm. So I am very very excited to see this movie. So um, gonna get my tickets, and then we are within. Um, it'll be within three weeks uh, of of watching it this week. So uh, we're we're in, we're in the final countdown, if you will, Mike. I think two weeks on Friday. Yeah, the third would be Friday. So two weeks from Friday, we'll will be there. That's wild to think about. Holy. Yeah. I mean, except for maybe talking about uh, Hawkeye and its completion when it wraps up, uh, I think Spider-Man No Way Home will be our last spoiler cast Mm -hmm. of the year. So stay tuned Uh, and stay subscribed. Matrix. I want to do Matrix, Mike. I think. Oh, okay. 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 I, th- I think I think we were around when that came out enough to be like, w- well, how do we feel about this movie? Um, <laughs> but regardless, you know, that's on HBO Max. We can do it anytime. I th- um, the other thing is, I think with Spider-Man No Way Home, do we get a Doctor Strange trailer or do they hold out on us? Ooh, now that would be nice. I feel like uh, the the definition of all Marvel trailers, like the last like year, year and a half, has been hold out as long as possible. So mm-hmm. I'd love to maybe get something early, unexpected. That'd be yeah. fun. I, I, I feel strongly one of the post credit scenes will be Doctor Strange related since he's in this movie. Um, but wouldn't it be wild if the end credit scene was the full trailer? Uh, kind of like how they did with End of Captain America was the full Avengers trailer. Mm-hmm. So That would be fun. So, uh, I don't know. They have opportunities. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll check it out. Uh, until then, we can also put on our calendars The Eternals coming to Disney Plus uh, January 12th, 2022 for all subscribers. So, um, that's like, what, 60-day window? About, yeah, two months there. So, they, they say minimum of 45, but, you know, 60 days is fine. So, that that's cool. I'm excited to watch Eternals again on Disney Plus without going to the theater. So, um Maybe maybe get all the little little Easter eggs and tidbits, right? Because that's a long movie, third longest in the MCU. Spider Man will be the fourth. Um, so uh, well, I think yeah. people will just be happy to have digital access to it again, so they can pour over the yeah. post credit scenes more yeah. than they already have, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because if you listen to this podcast, but for some weird reason haven't watched Eternals yet, I feel like you would have already seen like screenshots of the of the it's, end credit scenes with the new character introductions, right? Like, how do you even yeah. avoid that? Well, even Marvel's putting them out, like, like officially kind of thing. So, um, and, and some other stuff. But I think what's interesting is I talked to some people, they were like, oh, I haven't seen The Eternals yet. Uh, is, is it any good? I'm like, well, if you like Marvel movies, yeah, you want to watch it. Like, this isn't something you just kind of skip over and, and, and don't watch in the MCU because it's going to have some some consequences and some, yeah. some stuff later. But, like, I, I think there's a lot of people who who didn't watch it or hold it out, and this date will be huge for, for those with well, Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I, I think there's a big contingent of uh, kind of Marvel you know fans that we always kind of disregard when we're talking on this show because we're kind of really talking to the, the big uh, Marvel heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a big contingent of people that are just like, oh, I'll watch it, but I'll just get around to it you know yeah. when I can. 
And I feel like the Eternals is the perfect kind of brand that you really push off until like really the last minute. You know, it's a brand new set of characters. Uh, you probably never heard of them before, yep. you know, unless like you're real, even if you're really into the comics. I mean, you can be somebody that like reads like Spider-Man's and Avengers comics and just never comes across uh, the Eternals. So, uh, yeah, basically a way of saying the Disney Plus premiere could be the first time a lot of people engage yeah, with it. Exactly. And, you know, I, I, this doesn't strike me as a movie kids would watch either. So, you like, when you're trying to convince... Like if you have a family, you gotta go watch movies. You're like, I don't know if I want to take my kids to Eternals. We got other stuff. To well, watch. yeah, like the like half of the movie is like a history lesson, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're kind of like, what's Babylon, Mom? Yeah. It's just like I don't know. Look it up on Wikipedia. I don't got I don't got time to teach the, you. The, and and there's big scary monsters. So I I feel like this is kind of like um, you know, it's gonna be a great opportunity. I think it might have some life. What I'd like to see honestly is maybe some Eternals shorts with the characters. Like, what are they doing in different decades? Right, like. Like a, like a five-minute thing of Camille Nanjiani, like, you know, I don't know, maybe when his movie career kicked off or doing something. Yeah. Or, or when, I he, want, when he met his, like, little filmographer guy who follows him around. I or who thought he's a if, vampire and he's, like, trying to stake him. <laughs> I wonder if uh, if these will pop up in the in the what-if next season yeah. at all. Or if it's just a little too fresh, maybe season three. Yeah. Uh, we'll uh, see. Well, they, they, said that they said phase four will be in season two. So um, mm-hmm. I fully expect to see Eternals pop in there. Uh, especially since the movie was delayed a year, right? Like I, I know they've they've had to have seen it and thought about it, but one of them will probably be, what if, um, what if the celestial was born? I I guarantee it, right? Like what if the celestial came out of Earth? Like mm. I feel like that's gonna be one. But <laughs> spoiler, everybody dies. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's gonna be an interesting, uh, very, very short episode. Just a couple couple minutes, but uh, anyway, moving along. Um, is adjacent to this is blade and one of the cool things about blade is if they're gonna be filming in atlanta um next year and with that of course they are hiring uh cast crew so on and so forth so a leaked synopsis of the film has given us like a rough idea of this and this really doesn't strike me as anything new <laughs> when i read this i'm like this it is just, like this it- could be literally the original blade movies yeah, it looks like you're reading the synopsis from the original Blade movie, but uh, if we had to uh, knock it out real quick, it's him, himself, a half-human, half-vampire daywalker, Eric Eric Brooks, uh, a.k.a. Mahershala Ali, has honed his abilities to hunt down the undead who have long terrorized mankind, uh, yes. a, human, <laughs> a human-vampire hybrid. Since his tragic birth, Blade has spent his long life seeking to rid the world of vampires, like the one that killed his mother. Over the years, he has mastered his own style of fighting monsters of all kinds. So uh, yeah, this just this just sounds like the the original run of the Blade movies. Yep. But that is actually kind of important when you're talking MCU because it says have long terrorized mankind. That means uh, these vampires aren't crossing over from a multiverse. It sounds mm-hmm. like seems like they've yeah. always been there, right? Well, yeah, and I think the other important part is here, fighting monsters of all kinds um, could allude to the the real monsters are humans. Ah, but, um, mm. it, but it could also or be... Or like maybe werewolves or yeah, other types of creatures, boogans. Yeah, I, I think there are going to be other supernatural things. You know, we, we've, we've long theorized and rumored that he will be in... Um, Moon Knight? I about said Moonwalker because mm. I'm looking at Daywalker, <laughs> but Moonwalker is an entirely different... Michael Jackson project, uh, but he he could definitely be fighting some creatures from there, like you said, werewolves or you know um, 
it literally any demons or devils they want to put into this. Um, maybe Mephisto himself, Mike. Finally, we'll get a Mephisto appearance <laughs> uh, here. But yeah, I think you know this. This is very similar. But like you said, long terrorized mankind means it's a history of of vampires here. Um, no, and- it, it's it's funny to think that you know you know these vampires have have been around kind of in more of the uh, more of in like the current definition of vampires. They've just always been around. Whether or not superheroes exist on your planet or not, there's vampires. It is funny to think that when uh, Thanos snapped his fingers, like half of the vampires disappeared too. That must have been pretty crazy for a vampire, like looking next to him, seeing their vampire friend disintegrate and just like, oh shit, where's the sun coming from? My friend just turned into ash. It's like, oh wait, no, that's a different type of vaporizing. Uh, mm-hmm. Not from the sun, from some sort of magical gauntlet on the other side side of the universe which is it's just funny does that mean that they're gonna have like their own emotional turmoil like the humans have of like getting their friends back <laughs> you know their vampire friend yeah. is coming back hey the sun didn't blow you up it was a glove oh the, that's the, funny the blood supply on the earth just has we guys we gotta we gotta start rationing off uh some of this stuff. <laughs> um yeah i i don't i don't know I, again i don't know much i did purchase the 4k version of blade at best buy um before halloween because it was uh, very very cheap on sale um but you know I, i've not revisited but like you know the the first blade movies are, are really really good this is a lot to live up to marshall ali is probably one of our favorite characters from the mcu on netflix right when he played um i can't think of his character's name but he was in he was in luke cage the first half of luke cage so it was mm-hmm. cotton mouth cotton mouth and it was a snake of some kind so I, i'm really excited for this movie like this is a, a lot of questions up in the air and um a, lo- a lot of a lot of answers to be had here and i think there's some fun to be had and it has a little bit of an advantage much like the the wesley snipes first blade movie there's not a whole lot of backstory to go over right i mean you can kind of pretty much tell blade's whole story through like maybe one or two flashbacks you don't have to do like this whole mm. origin of like learning martial yeah. arts and everything you can kind of just really hit the ground running with a classic story like vampires you don't even it's not like a deviant where you have to like explain what the hell they are everybody knows what a vampire is you know we have a general idea of how you're supposed to kill them and you really just got to give the backstory of just like um just the person of how they can survive yeah. in the sun but also be a vampire so and, we should really be hitting the ground running here on and the first blade like said, did that really really well like they didn't they didn't mm. show them growing up they're like yeah whistler found them raised them and that's it like okay cool let's let's roll with it that'll so. be a yeah i totally forgot about whistler whistler that, that could be a nice little uh fun casting bring somebody new into the mcu we haven't seen in a bit yeah yeah so very very excited for blade to come out here new suit screenshots mike it's a given every character in every mc movie gets a slight upgrade from movie to movie right um uh, mm-hmm. the marvels is filming We've not even seen the first Miss Marvel other than leaks. Uh, so we actually have a, our first look here at Miss Marvel's new suit in the upcoming movie. And it looks pretty good. Yeah, we got this uh, this kind of classic look that we've seen from her kind of main costume in the comic books. Kind yep. of like this... Uh, you know, I'm sure that there's like kind of like a classic uh, uh, cultural name to kind of like that asymmetric kind of like long sleeve T-shirt. Yeah. Uh, but that that that's basically what it is. It looks very much like uh, the comic books, which it's, it's funny because, 
you almost have to look at this screenshot and then dial it back a little bit. And that's probably what she'll be wearing at the end of her Disney Plus TV show. Because uh-huh. they always get an upgrade, right? When they move on till their, to the next chapter of their story. A uh, well, little bit of more visual polish. If Brie Larson shows up, yes. This looks like a suit maybe someone has given her. Because uh, I didn't notice this the first time because I was so honed in on the suit. There's a guy painted blue right in front of her. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and he's a, he's got the Cree helmet, right? So... Mm-hmm. Maybe this is a Kree-powered suit or a space-powered suit, but it's got the Captain Marvel colors and the big um, faux S through there, which um, you know is reminiscent of the, of the character's outfit. So, but she's very Captain Marvel colory. Uh, she got her boots. This looks this looks pretty good. I mean, I'm gonna I'm not gonna Ooh. be honest. I mean, it looks it looks like a pretty good outfit. So yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing her uh, go to space because right now all of the space adventures that we've seen in the MCU have mainly revolved around characters that are very familiar with space as it is. Like space is not weird to them. It's just uh, it's just the place that they live and travel. They hot planet the planet. You know, we did see Peter Parker go into space. I guess mm-hmm. kind of a little bit. You know, he was pretty wild that he was in a spaceship. And then I think the only other planet he went to was Titan. And that that was kind of a short adventure romp through space. And then he got dusted. Very traumatic ending. But this could be a fun adventure for Kamala and kind of to be the audience surrogate of finally going like, oh, this is weird. We're in space. Look at all these different people, these aliens. This is weird and wild. Because Peter Quill, he he was kind of like raised in space. space. So, you know, it wasn't that big of a surprise for him. So that yeah. might be a fun angle. Yeah, and with the um, the post, or I guess it was, it was in the start of Endgame, you know, it shows Captain Marvel out patrolling the universe anyway. So I think the, the Earth is a little more accepting of aliens or like maybe against them because they came and destroyed the Earth every time they show up. But they know about aliens a little bit better. So I, I, I think this is going to be very interesting to see her reaction mm-hmm. to them, especially if she is still Kree-powered. Um, you know, if that's where her abilities come from, like in, in the other stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what I'm expecting to see, but I don't see anything on her wrists. Right. I'm still getting waiting for some so, confirmation on what's happening I, here with her powers. I mean, of course, whatever the powers are, they're going to be computer generated. So I wouldn't yeah. really be seeing it on like, you know, like this little paparazzi photo. Right. But yeah, yeah not really can't get really get anything out of this just yet. No, if anything, I would think that they left room to CGI stuff on her forearms and hands um mm-hmm. that's the only part like showing right like and it's kind of blank on her on the forearm there so i'm thinking that there's some room there to to cgi some stuff there but we'll, we'll know more we'll know more later samuel jackson also confirmed he will be uh, appearing in the film which i didn't think was up for question but he, more samuel jackson mc is fine with me after we saw that that grisly version of him for secret invasion at the mm-hmm. at the uh disney plus day i'm stoked man like let's let's yep, get into yep. it. let's do some more WandaVision, the song, Agatha All Along, has earned a Grammy, Mike. So um, that's a pretty good, I guess, draw for the yeah. one of the I first Disney yeah, Plus shows. Uh, you might be getting ahead of yourself. Nominated for a Grammy, right? Uh, I, I said, yeah, nominated. Sorry. I, I wrote it down right. I just didn't say it right. Um, we can only hope, right? I mean, we've had yeah. uh, Marvel has won Emmys. I don't know if they've won Academy Awards yet, right? If it has been, it would be for be like like probably effects. special effects or something yeah. like that. Um, so, uh, hey, uh, could EGOT here, right? I don't know exactly what they're up against 
when it comes to the Grammys, but that would be pretty cool to see uh, the MCU EGOT. Uh, and then hopefully Rogers and Musical gets the Tony for him. But yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's another story. I don't think there's any, anything else to add to this really, other than the fact that you know, it was nominated for Grammy. It was sung by Katherine Hahn to begin with. Um, it was a really fun reveal. Really got that Munsters vibe right of that era. It's it, it was really cool. Um, and just kind of shows you how fun and like you know stylized and 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 really important one division was to launch. Yeah, I think it just shows the long tail of that series, right? We're like coming up on what one year from it coming out. It In was February, the first. Think, yeah. It was the first uh, MCU property on Disney Plus. It, it rubs some people the wrong way because uh, I think some people weren't kind of prepared for you know, maybe the experimental kind of side of the show. But, you know, if they stuck around with it long enough, you kind of got your kind of like MCU magical battle at the very end. Um, But so far, out of all the Disney Plus that I've seen so far, you know, I think WandaVision pretty much ties Loki for me in like quality. Both Uh, really, really good shows. I I, I still think I I do not like the ending of WandaVision or the the whole purpose of Agatha, but now they have like a whole TV show to dedicate it there. So I think it's come along really like Loki, Mm. but it's neither here nor there but uh i'm I'm good for wandavision good for it so congratulations for your nomination and we'll probably report back if it wins but if it doesn't win we probably won't hear a thing so uh you guys will be the first to know with us it's honored just to be nominated it is it truly is uh batgirl j k simmons I keep having to make sure I say this right because there's also another JK person that we don't talk about on the show. <laughs> well, and also you could accidentally say J. Jonah Jameson too. Yes. It's well, if, if it was, I'd, I'd feel way more correct if I said J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> J.K. Simmons is going to return as Commissioner Gordon in the HBO Max movie Batgirl. Um, I didn't know this. I thought they were going to be using um, Jeffrey Wright uh, again mm-hmm. for that, but apparently this will um, coexist in the Snyderverse then. Because that's where J.K. Simmons showed up first was Justice League, so this the <laughs> Warner Brothers just kind of seems like a restaurant that's like make whatever the customer wants. I don't care if the menu has no cohesion. You know, if one page you're seeing pasta, the second page you're seeing sushi. Uh, this, Is this let this menu get factory? as big, yeah, get this menu <laughs> as big as the Cheesecake Factory. I don't care. Uh, we're just trying mm. to get people into the restaurant and it works enough for the cheesecake factory, right? Yeah. The weirdest restaurant ever. Yep. Uh, the, a, the menu, the size of a novel and they got cases of cheesecakes at the front. Uh, delicious yeah. long Island iced teas. I'm always getting long Island iced teas when I go to the cheesecake factory. I that don't a, know why that, that is an interesting <laughs> get at the cheesecake factory, but yeah, continue. Yeah. But it's just, it, that seems to be the strategy, right? It's like, just do whatever so, gets them in the door. <laughs> so I think there's, uh, I'm going to, have to i think we're gonna have to draw a distinction going forward there's the hbo max dc universe and then the cinematic dc universe um, uh chris uh, don't forget about the cw universe which yeah, is going yeah. to kind of cross over and then also the dc universe legacy streaming shows that are in the dc universe that sometimes cross over with cw but who knows could cross yeah, over into but- the movies but if HBO Max is making this and they got J.K. Simmons and they also were the only people to be like, yeah, we'll put the Snyder cut up here. Um, I think I think they're holding on to that a little bit. Like maybe maybe that was part of the deal. Like, yeah, if we put the Snyder universe up here, we want to continue with some of these actors if that's OK. And they're like, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's tons of, of universes, but I think there will be the movie universe and then the HBO Max universe. And the HBO Max universe might hold on to that uh, 
that Zack Snyder stuff. I guess Jake, he was in the, uh, not Snyder, but who's the other? Joss Whedon's Justice League 2, wasn't he? So he can technically be in the mainline mm. universe. Is this in the mainline universe? Like, I don't like this. <laughs> I, I, I feel, I keep trying to uh, attribute all these movies to like Dishes of the Cheesecake Factory. Like, I think oh. the Joaquin Phoenix Joker is like that Cajun Alfredo pasta. Like, every okay. time I look at it, I'm like, this looks insane. But I always hear people uh, say that they like it. It's, and a, it's I, a popular like... <laughs> dish. It's under their popular dishes. You don't yeah, know exactly. You yeah. What's the free brown? What's the free brown bread? That's uh, that's why my wife loves to go there. She loves that brown bread that they bring to the table. Okay, is what um, whatever we we if we we liken it to the to to something in DC, does she have to like the something in DC? <laughs> because like I feel like the free bread is the CW shows. So, like you don't have to pay to watch oh, us, yeah. but we're still making them. Like everybody think, gets uh, one. <laughs> and speaking of, I think they just wrapped up, or they are about to wrap up their newest kind of big event crossover like at Apocalypse, the CW. I believe. Uh, I don't remember what the title It's It's always some sort of like um, earth destroying term or universe yeah. collapsing uh, a- adjective or adverb. Crisis on infinite as- earth again. <laughs> Yeah, but they I think they're just wrapping it up over there. So yeah. I don't keep up with the shows anymore. But like if you have the CW app or I guess even if you have bunny ears on your TV, right, you could just kind yeah. of ma- maybe track it down and and watch it a little bit. But maybe maybe I'll do it. It's always fun to kind of watch the uh, uh, just watch them try their best with the special effects. Right. It's just like they only have so much money and so much time. So you can't expect much out of it. But sometimes so, it's just like, hey, you know, not bad. You did that in a week with like a, a box of scraps in a cave. Good job. Yeah. yeah it's, it's serialized television, uh, super television <laughs> with, with effects. You can only see so many flash lightning lines before you're like, all right, you're <laughs> copy and pasting. But I believe also all those shows might go to Netflix still. Um uh, but I, I assume they'll probably come to HBO Max as soon as this, the season's yeah. over as well. Whenever a, a certain contract expires, yeah. I'm sure that it'll all flood into HBO Max. Yeah. Well, let's talk about another DC universe, Mike. That's probably not connected to any of the ones we just mentioned here. This is <laughs> this is what I'm gonna. This is the kids' menu at the Cheesecake. Yes. Country, if you will. Yes. Exactly. Uh, uh, I mean, Teen Titans go to yeah. the movies. Yeah. That was on the kids' menu, and that's delicious. That's, that's like French fries with cheese. That, that exactly. That's your that's your French fries, cheese, and cheese bread. This would be <laughs> your probably your grilled cheese or your chicken nuggets. One of the two. Mm-hmm. So DC's League of Super Pets. Uh, we've known about this for a long time. Has finally released a trailer. It follows Superman's dog, um, Crypto, uh, who mm-hmm. has superpowers himself, voiced by The Rock, who is apparently a very obnoxious super dog. Um, but uh, we also have Superman, uh, who's voiced by John Krasinski. So that's that was fun to hear. Uh, I want to read through this real fast. In DC's League of Super Pets, Crypto the Super Dog and Superman are inseparable best friends. Man's best friend or... Kryptonian's best friend. I, I made that myself there. Sharing the same superpowers and fighting crime in Metropolis side by side. When Superman and the rest of the Justice League are kidnapped, Krypto must convince a ragtag shelter pack, Ace the Hound, PB the Potbelly Pig, Merton the Turtle, and Chip the Squirrel to master their own newfound powers and help him rescue the superheroes. So I was originally under the impression these animals were... Every superhero had a pet and all of them would team up together. This trailer mm-hmm. shows that Crypto is the only super dog, and these other animals get powers by something. Guffin. Yeah, something. I mean, who? I mean, if I could channel my uh, my uh, Smallville uh, uh, binge watch, it looks like maybe it's some sort of colored kryptonite. Maybe yeah. fall falls and gives all these it, uh, uh, these pets it, powers. It, so it shows this Lex Luthor laughing maniacally, and I assume this is probably some power. There's some some sort of gas or serum that gives anyone superpowers, and uh, it just mm. so happens that the animals get them instead for this. So, um, it, 
I Ace the Hound is voiced by um, Kevin Hart, right? That's mm-hmm. one. I couldn't really pick out the other ones uh, very easily. However, it looks fun. It looks entertaining. Um, yeah, I'm 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 actually really surprised to say that like this actually looks really fun. Yeah, I I, I really enjoy watching superheroes get rendered differently, kind of in an official capacity. Like Superman looks pretty, uh, I would say pretty standard. You know, he's like stretched and proportioned a little bit differently to kind of fit the universe that they've made for DC Super Pets here. Uh, but Batman looks very kind of like funny and goofy. He has very like long ears and. His torso looks a little squat, I think, the last time I saw it in the trailer. So it looks like we're going to get kind of fun interpretations of the heroes. Uh, John Krasinski, I don't hate it, you know. Uh, I think for kind of a comedic take on this universe, it works well. But also, like, John Krasinski kind of has that Boston East Coast accent, even when he tries not to have it. There's a little bit there. So it's fun to hear Superman with kind of like this smart pock kind of inflection to his uh, voice. So that was kind of fun. But uh, yeah, I'm ch- I'm shocked to say when I heard this announced, I was just like, why do we need this? But now we understand why we need this. Yeah. They have a big menu they have to fill out. The kids' menu only had Teen Titans go to the movies mm-hmm. on it, uh, which was good. Then, it was it was it was it's a number one <laughs> hit. But like, you know, let's, let's you know you, you got picky kids that you know want something else if they're going to go there all the time. Is this the pup cup? Is this the <laughs> factory's pup cup for the movies for uh, the pets? You know, you know for a fact that there is a board member at Cheesecake Factory that has pitched the idea of a smaller Cheesecake Factory with a drive-thru, and uh-huh. of course that they would have uh, pup cups. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, I'm surprised. Like, yeah, go watch, go watch the trailer. I think it's pretty good. I don't know if I'll necessarily see this in theaters. Like, I don't know if yeah. I'll run to the theaters to see it. And unfortunately, I think we're going to be outside of our window of day and date exclusives in theaters and in streaming services for HBO Max, so I'll have to go to a theater to probably see this. But, you know, if I wait 45 days, I think that's the window, right? If I wait 45 days, I can watch it on HBO Max. Hopefully 45 on... I don't know what HBO says, but I I don't know why they wouldn't follow up what everyone else is literally doing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's May May twentieth of next year, so that's that's like that's like a number one spot for movies, right? You're like, that's where you want to put your movies for the summer. Mm-hmm. So this is very interesting. Um, I have no qualms. This looks fun, but like you said, like I don't need to be on the Thursday night showing to watch DC's League of Super Pets, uh, <laughs> unless I want to avoid children at my theater. Then I might go on Thursday nights. Yeah, very interesting. But I, I think the characters look fun. The powers look interesting. The um the cyborg looking cat that fires a missile out of his tail was very entertaining at the end there. Um, I'm, I don't we don't know a lot, but this is got a very enthusiastic cast and the voice actors are really selling it. So I'm down. I'm down on this movie mm-hmm. wholeheartedly. Uh, I do want to talk. You know, this isn't in the show notes here, Mike. May may I, may I go off on a tangent here? Have you ever played the oh, video game please. DC Universe Online? Have you no, heard, Have I'm you heard not. of this game? No, I have not. Okay, so it's essentially a it's it's a MMO uh, online. This came out in like 2011 for like PC okay. and like PlayStation, and um, they're still supporting it. They're like in chapter 44 or something like that. So you you play in a world of DC's world and you build your own character, right? Um, I was reading. Um, I didn't have a lot of details on it, but I, another the company who made that and the person in charge of that game has actually been contracted to make essentially a what I assume is a Marvel version of that as well. So like a oh. Marvel MMO that lasts like ten plus years, uh, where you play as your own character in a world of superheroes. So um, when you talk about different universes and how like different characters are rendered, it made me think of that game because 
they it's a video game right so yeah they have some liberties with some of the characters mm-hmm. there. but anyway uh, dc universe online is still available they're still kicking marvel's next on their list it sounds like Go, go, Power Rangers. Uh, <laughs> Netflix is apparently still working on a shared universe over there. And they just confirmed it even further that they will have movies and shows that will tie together and exist together uh, on their platform and possibly in theaters. And this just sounds absolutely ridiculous because if one of those don't work, the rest of this is not going to kick off the way they think it is, right? Like, yeah. I mean, good luck, right? I mean, that last kind of Power Rangers reboot had a pretty positive reception for the most part. And even with those kind of like positive vibes, I never got around uh-huh. to watching it. Uh, so what is it going to take to get me who has nothing but nostalgia for the power Rangers? I basically grew up on it. Right. Right. Uh, but what is going to bring me back to that universe? I honestly think the only thing that really brings me back to power Rangers in any way is a big kind of uh, cast or creative behind it, right? Somebody that I know that I like. Um, I mean, I'm always down for TMNT. That nostalgia is, I think, a little bit stronger. But I was extra excited when I heard, you know, uh, Seth Rogen and his creative team was going to be kind of tackling that next kind of animated feature version of TMNT. So if there was that type of announcement around Power Rangers or... I mean, I guess technically you have to cast, you know, quote unquote, teenagers to be your Power Rangers. So I don't know if I'm really. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I don't know if I'm really hyped on any like teenage actors Mm -hmm. at the moment. But I don't know. Maybe they could craft a story of like adults, you know, mentoring like teenagers and, you know, cast an actor that I actually care about. (laughs) What they need to do is they need to lean into the goofiness of this instead of trying to make it real world. Right. Like, like, Mm -hmm. don't make it real. Really the goofiness of. Uh, of of mech suit of, of little bitty mechs that don't really do anything by themselves, but like they can like form together into different zords. And if they give us different zords, not just the main zord, but like the ninja zord or like you know the turbo zords, and they lean in it and just go full in, count me in. Like that's where I want to play in this this universe, right? Like I love the idea. It's kind of like Zoids. It's kind of like Gundam, but it's like its own little thing. Like if Voltron lean into that and just go balls to the wall crazy and count us in. Like, I think that's where mm-hmm. I want to see it. If they try to tell a real story and make it like, Oh, this is so ground down to earth. And like, uh, they're, they're realistic. They got power coins and only the worthy can do it. It's I'm not interested in that. That's not fun. That's not what I remember about power Rangers. I remember goofy looking pudgy pig, bad guys created by Rita Repulsa and Lord Zed and then them growing to a very obnoxious size and getting cut down two seconds later yeah. by by a five minute Zord morphing uh, animation. Yeah. I guess they have an interesting uh, path they have to choose, right? A fork in the road. Uh, as a executive at Netflix, you either have to go, do we recreate the kind of the the success that the shows made back in the past of like, let's just make kind of like a cheesy show for children. They'll sit down and watch it and we'll retain more uh, subscribers because kids will want to keep watching the Power Rangers. Or do you go, path, you go the other path and you tap into the nostalgia and you try to bring adults back into it and then get your kids to watch yeah. it. Uh, I, I don't know. No, either path could be successful, but one of, only one of them really entertains us. So if yeah. they go down that path of trying to bring in adults, we'll probably talk about it a little bit more yeah. in the future. But if it's just a more kind of a little kids Power Ranger stuff, I, I don't think yeah. there's any reason for us to watch more it. Red Rangers, more Green Rangers. Bring them all together. <laughs> I want to see multiple I mean, versions re- of these. I mean, if seriously, if you just add superpowers and mech suits to Cobra Kai, that's basically Power Rangers. So, I yeah. mean, they kind of got half the franchise ready to go, right? Bingo. So, 
yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where this goes, but I'm not holding my breath for it throughout. So we'll bring it up more as more comes out of this. All right, this is my favorite part of the show. We have not talked off the air about Hawkeye whatsoever, about some Power Rangers, Hawkeye mm-hmm. whatsoever. Nope. Uh, however, on Wednesday, episodes one and two debuted. I actually didn't get to watch them until post-Thanksgiving evenings, but I, I didn't get to see them. Same here. Um, and uh, was able to sit down and watch them, and uh, we're going to talk about them now. So this is a full spoiler section that we're not going to hold back. So if you haven't seen them, um, go somewhere else, watch them, come back and listen. Um, we'll be covering these every week for the next uh what four more weeks five more weeks so um yeah hop hop on in we'll talk about this mike i want to tell you i i judge a, a, a movie in a show usually by if i look at my watch during the show right like or if i'm looking at my mm-hmm. clock or I, I want to pick up my phone these episodes flew by to me i was having such a good time watching these like i can't believe how much they've really nailed the continuation of hawkeye and then also like mm-hmm. hit the history of the character in the mcu at large i i I, I'm just going to go out and say I'm having such a great time with these episodes, and I really am sad I only got to watch two, because uh-huh. by the time the second one ended, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's Echo. Um, so if anyone didn't know, that's Echo there at the end, right, listening to the the, the, the subwoofers and vibrations. The episode ended, and I just kind of like, I got so deflated, because I'm like, I wanted more of this, like, so bad along the <laughs> well, way. Well, also, I, I guess this is a, a weird order to talk about things in, but yeah, that second episode cliffhanger was kind of odd, right? In, in a way of, they kind of showed us this cliffhanger character that... Oh, only certain people yeah. are going to know who Echo is, uh, but we're leaving it on a cliffhanger of this character that, like, you also have to infer a little bit of, like, what's going on here with the character. Like, are they deaf? Uh, you know, they're feeling uh, subwoofer. So, yeah, it is strange, especially yeah. considering the first cliffhanger, you know, was pretty big. But luckily, we didn't have to wait because the second episode was ready to go. Right it's, uh, you know, Hawkeye finally seeing uh, uh, Kate uh, behind the mask and then oh. meeting for the first time. So, yeah, definitely very different cliffhangers with yeah. delivering different results yeah and, and yeah, i'm sorry to jump straight to in like that you're right but i was like i was just like i want so much more of this show and that that's to me that's a sign like this is a good show and they're they're doing well with the characters i think you know one of the questions we had is you know um why is why is hawkeye's wife not with him in new york well we come to find out he's just spending time with the kids in new york uh, watching Rogers the musical, which um, it was fine. That was a little bit of a no. It got annoying to me watching it a little bit. I'm like, ah, oh, this is greedy, <laughs> like kind of. But but you can you can listen to the Save the City song in its full release uh, uh, in our show notes I, here. I, I, I ha- I had a I had a strong feeling. I was like, there's no way that they go to all this effort in the show to uh, produce like a fake stage musical, and they don't have a full song ready yep. to go for us to hear at some point in time. Yep, yep, and then um. So we, we got that. So his wife, um, it sounds like he kind of maybe even debriefed her on his time as Rodan because she knew about the tracksuit mafia um, mm-hmm. and, and some of that stuff. Um, I, I don't even know where to start, Mike. Do you have, I mean, you, you jump in here. What, what, are you, what are your thoughts? What are you thinking about this show? I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, overall, I would say I'm positive on Hawkeye so far, but my, I think my feelings are a little bit mixed. Uh, I think I'm loving specific things that are happening in the show, but it does feel like a little clunky at times. And I don't, I don't know exactly maybe where the issue is stemming, but sometimes it just feels like, do we need to be seeing this at this point in time? Like, I, I'm glad that the, the show flew by for you, and the first episode definitely flew by for me. But there are some moments that are just like, why are we watching Hawkeye? put on a fireman outfit or a fire a firefighter suit and going into Kate's loft 
only to really discover that the suit is missing. And then he gets a little bit of, I would say, kind of an outlandish clue of a yeah. LARPing team happening because of a sticker or a decal on the side of the fire truck. There's probably no stickers a, on the fire truck. Yeah, it was kind of a very, it was kind of an odd scene because we didn't really add anything else to the show or the character uh, from it. And also uh, in the first episode, um, I could kind of see maybe the tracksuit mafia being able to track down Kate Bishop after she stole the Ronin suit. You know, she wasn't covering her tracks super well, Uh, but then they also just found her again at the exact same time that Hawkeye found her. So it seems like they were like cutting a lot of corners just to kind of get the story to work the way that they wanted to. So I'm kind of hoping a lot of this kind of sloppiness is maybe just kind of first couple episode jitters because, you know, it it is... you know technically a television show or whatever marvel considers a television show because who knows if we'll get a second season you know there's only like six episodes it's like you know this used to be just kind of called like a limited series or like mini series back in the day um so even on a normal tv show you kind of gotta give them a little bit of slack when it comes to pilot episodes because they gotta work a couple things out so i'm always very forgiving at the beginning of a show so hopefully it can kind of like upright itself a little bit more for me yeah i I don't i think you know i I agree with the fire fire truck thing i think the other things are fine with me because the show you have six episodes right you don't want to linger um, I don't want to go back to 13 episode Netflix uh, seasons oh, where we ab- have like filler absolutely episodes. Not. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay, if you got to move, move it along, move it along then. I'm, I'm cool. I totally that. agree. Yeah. But also in the sense of moving along, uh, maybe find out a different way for Hawkeye to discover a LARPing event that, instead that of that just... One- kind yeah. of a bizarre fire fire truck scene yeah. but it is i'm definitely not trying to harp on one yeah. particular scene i i do really like grumpy hawkeye overall he's kind of like back into his like no nonsense mentality so he runs into like a very big personality for kate bishop yeah. i think those two personalities are working pretty well together um I like this idea of exploring what is it like for Hawkeye, kind of one of the more... He has to be very cautious. He's a very practical Avenger because he has no choice, right? He has no superhuman abilities to rely on. So, yeah, when he's walking down the street, he is always kind of evaluating threats because, like, yeah, one knife to the back and he's dead, right? You know, he doesn't have, like, impenetrable skin. So I do appreciate that. Sometimes it's kind of unclear how famous he's supposed to be. Uh, It seems like he could he can't even walk into a bathroom and somebody will try to stop him for a selfie, but sometimes he can walk down a street and he can get away without anybody recognizing him. So that's a little incongruent, but uh, I I guess there's a a line that you have to walk narratively of like, well, he can't be attacked by a mob every time he's out in public or he can't have an adventure out into the real world. Yeah. Um, Well, I also blame that first one, uh, the bathroom on like proximity to an Avengers event. Like, they're probably mm. like, oh, there's probably someone special here. Like, you know, like when you when, like if I went to the Chinese theater in L.A., I'd probably look out for celebrities. Right. Like I'm like, oh, there's got to be someone close mm-hmm. by. So it could be that. I, I mean, I agree. I, I'm glad that he is famous. I think, you know, that's the one thing with like every other character got a movie. Hawkeye got a show. At least they're trying to make him like, oh, people do know who you are and you are respected as an adventure. Right. Like, you know, we're going to you get your meals for free, but he doesn't want it. He doesn't want the fame. He doesn't want that. He just wants to be with his family it seems like um for that i will say one of the things i do appreciate about the show and i don't, I don't know if you'll agree on it like i agree that um the, the the start of the show actually syncs up with the first avengers movie really really well and um shows hawkeye use the famous metal 
um, melting arrow to save Kate, even though she was like buildings away and he didn't really know. But um, the Kate Kate's father dies so supposedly. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back with you at this point. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we didn't see the we didn't see the dead body, which is usually a pretty big sign that you, something might be afoot. But I believe I, I'm gonna go ahead and lean. I I, I I like that her mother isn't like, okay, oh, you're a fragile little girl. Don't do anything. Like she is supporting her in her like wrestling and archery and like metals. Like whatever you want, we are rich in the city. You can have whatever you want, do whatever you want to do, which, you know, most parental ma- maternal um, figures are always like very coddling of characters, right? Like, mm-hmm. Hey, d- you're going to hurt yourself. Don't do this. This is, this is, you're not, this is for superheroes. And she's not like that. She's like, yeah, whatever you want to do. Like, you know, just, as long as you're happy and you're doing what you want to do, that's fine. And I really, I would say I appreciate it about that character because then it's not like we're, we're I didn't feel like we're going through the same beat that yeah. a normal TV show would go through to get to that. Yeah, that I, I, I was I was enjoying that because one thing that always is a pet peeve of mine is kind of motivations in general for characters. So when you show this younger Kate Bishop kind of witness kind of the, the fantasticness of Hawkeye and also like saving her life, I totally get how that could spur somebody of course with the tragedy of losing her father to uh you know make them want to do all of these extreme things to be kind of become their own uh superhero right and uh but it does seem if you had to say anything was shoehorned in it was kind of like maybe this kind of silly plot line they're toying with right now of like oh well once you graduate you'll come to work for my security company and that's the Mm. one thing that you that is the best for you and trust me once you're doing it your life will be perfect and it's just like oh well isn't it pretty odd obvious right now that that Kate Bishop is not like a normal type of person that wants to work in an office environment like I you know I understand like parents you know want the best for their kids and want them to be safe but it seems like we've already very much established that you are very supportive of her very unique uh, lifestyle so that seems a little odd and a a little rote but I guess you gotta gotta put in a little bit of a conflict between the mother and father uh, or the the mother and daughter uh, in the story so uh, we'll see how that shakes out and, and really, other than the fact that her mother's rich, I don't know what else she has, like, personality-wise about her. So I, they got to have something in there, right? Like, like she, just, she just wants you to make money, Kate, like, rather than, you know, live your life kind of thing. Like, you got to maintain this lifestyle, I guess. I don't know. Um, I do enjoy the tracksuit mafia as well, as we mentioned earlier. Um, they are very comic accurate uh, for life as a weapon. They say bro after everything. They're they're yeah. strong, but they're also dim witted um, as well. So it's very interesting to watch that come to fruition. Yeah, as of right now, I do like them, but they feel a tad out of place. Like it does. I I totally agree with you. It does feel like they're kind of ripped right from the comic book pages. But the comic book has a very different tone, I would say, than the MCU at large. So uh, they are being like very goofy, but they, like you know, they're they mean business as well. But I'm just kind of like they keep saying bro a lot, and uh, I think it for for somebody my wife sitting next to me who's not super familiar with the comic book in any way, I think she was maybe a little confused. Like, why do these idiots keep saying bro? Because it does make them kind of come off as like dumb goons, but also at the same time they can kind of successfully beat up Kate here here and there, yeah. even though kind of she has all of this very specific type of training so um 
they're yeah, strong I, in re- numbers, but not strong in brain, I guess. Is, yeah. It's kind of what it I, shows. I guess, yeah. I, and I feel like what I'm really leaning into is I'm really curious to see what happens here in episode three. Because it seems yeah. like we're finally about to meet our main antagonist. Uh, we kind of have our main protagonist together, ready to go and fight. You know, Hawkeye tried his best to do what the responsible hero would do was, you know, get them out of harm's way. But it's obvious that uh, <laughs> that Kate is inserting herself and there's nothing he can do about it. Uh, you know, and everybody's captured and we have this cliffhanger. So it seems like the adventure is about to take off. You yeah, know, maybe episode three will have that long take it, in the car that looked, we uh, that we saw. And I think that's it. I think because I think the, this is the tracksuit mafia and Echo running out of that building from the trailer. So I'm like, ah, this is going to be right after. Like we are we're mm. queuing up for this this big, big event here um, along the way. And, and you know, in, in true christmas movie fashion he's got a ticking clock to be home with his family right like he's mm-hmm. he's, he's working against the clock to try to save kate and, and and clean up some of his stuff in in um in new york there along the way and then i forget he put something in a locker um the key that they're looking for right was another key to the avengers tower um, um i don't i don't recall MacGuffin a key that i thought he just i thought he just put the ronin suit in the locker well, they were trying to. So they weren't trying to buy the Ronin suit. They were trying to steal the key to Avengers Tower or Avengers. I thought compound. they were trying. I thought they were trying to steal a watch or I a watch. Yeah, it's a watch. Sorry, yeah, it's yeah. a watch. So he puts that in that locker. Is it the? Did they show the watch? I I, I they can't they brief they briefly showed the watch. Uh, from uh from a glance, it does look like a normal watch. But yeah. the only character I could think that interacts much with watches in the MCU is like, oh, is that maybe one of Tony's watches I'm thinking, or something it, like is that? Is it the Civil War watch was I was thinking, the one that he pulls the glove over his hand? Um, maybe. When, he, when he's fighting. Pop. Um, uh, But it does, it, like, one thing I do like about the show, I do like the whole, um, the driving force of the Ronin suit, like the, the very emotional time for Clint yeah. to be inside that soon. He basically kind of went against all of his morals and he took like the biggest turn emotionally yeah. after he lost his family. So I totally get like why he would be so motivated to go grab that suit, you know, because uh, if anybody dies inside of that suit, he's going to view it as his fault. And also I think maybe he just kind of wants to officially kind of close that chapter of his life but it does feel like something is in the suit or attached to the suit or there's something else going on like i don't know if there's something hidden in the pocket or yeah that i don't know if that watch is involved with it in any way but there's something else going on. they were were looking for the watch i i think the watch is uh again i I hate to say is it maybe some iron man tech or maybe it's a way to get Mm -hmm. into that because again clint mentions very specifically the avengers tower was sold years ago who's Mm -hmm. moved into the avengers tower mike that's are they going to reveal Ooh. it in this show? Is this, I didn't even think about that. That could be fun. Is this watch like a key to get into the, some sort of like maybe an armored vault there yeah, that has special like, stuff? Yeah, maybe there's like a basement or something with some extra tech in there. Yeah, it, it's uh, easily easily believable um, with that. So we, we've got a lot coming up here. Um, it, yeah, I, I do. I, I also enjoy, um, before I get this, um, why is Hawkeye wearing hearing aids? And then it does like a... a quick montage of explosions throughout the mcu yeah and the, and the, he's like i was like oh they don't have to actually go through a whole event they just like yeah he's literally been near explosions yeah, his whole i did, life. I, did. So. I i have to say i i am overall pretty uninterested with the mystery 
crime element that they brought up, like with uh, Kate's uh, future stepdad and his oh. machinations with his uncle. Uh, I don't know if this is being pulled from the comic books in any way, but the the story that they're presenting me so far, I could, I think, I could so, care less about I, it. Uh, so the in the comic books, her. The, the character who is going to be her stepdad is actually um, is Jack something. I can't, I can't, it's a French last name. He is known mm. as Swordsman in the comic books um, who trained Hawkeye in swords and then someone else trained Hawkeye in um, archery when he was growing up in the circus in the comic books, right? Mm. Now, I don't think this guy has any inclination to the current Hawkeye uh, at all, but like he's hiding his sword skills, as you kind of notice there, whatever... Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate tried to stab him in the face and he just like single-handedly disarmed her across there. So I think, uh, and I believe he also killed his uncle because of the piece of candy, um, right? The, the monogram yeah. toffee. So uh, I believe, he, I think he is tied to possibly the Echo and like maybe the gang things, but there are rumors here and this is heavily rumored. This is not true. We're not, put put so much salt on this, you can't taste it you can't um, even eat it <laughs> but that the kingpin will be revealed in this show as well and he wow. is the person at the top of the machinations here so all right i, I now <laughs> i shall I, see i think there's more to that than, than they're giving they don't want to give it all away but like he's got a, he's got he's very obsessed with swords and he's got hidden sword skills that he's not telling her mother about so mm-hmm. why is her mother the his love interest what does she have that he wants is my is my question along the way so um, I'm very, I'm very excited. I, I, I wish I had more to say because I, I mean, I breeze through these two episodes back to back so quick. Mm-hmm. I, I have to say, I love the intro animation style very much. Uh, yeah, David Asha feels very, yeah, feels a lot like the 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 comic book covers. Yes, and then the uh, end credits. I don't know if the first one had the same end credits. The second one had the end credits where it did the, more of that that art style. Like it was. Yeah, the the, the end credits are different. Uh, because the 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 theme of Christmas. Uh, seems to kind of ebb and flow depending on what episode you're on, right? The first, uh, the first episode, the end credit scene was a Christmas song. Uh, the yeah. second end credit scene was not a Christmas song, but there was Christmas elements graphically incorporated into the credits. Yeah. So I guess uh, you get a little bit here and there um, to kind of catch the vibe. Yeah, I was trying to think because that song at the end of episode two was kind of like an electronic kind of kind of theme, uh, and it looks to be possibly called Echoes theme uh, based on the soundtrack here. Uh, but but anyway, I'm I'm actually digging the show. Um, you know, after kind of the uh, up and down that kind of what if was right. Like it's good to be back in the MCU proper in these shows and actually, you know, have a character who uh, Jeremy Renner knows who Hawkeye is. He knows his role here, and um, Haley Steinfeld is nailing it as Kate Bishop to be like you said the foil of his seriousness. Uh, and like yeah. like his his literally his shield training to get him that far. Mm. So I'm, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm I... having a great time. Yeah, I really like watching Hawkeye taking care of business. Even though the the LARPing scene was like half enjoyable, half cheesy, it was kind of fun watching him just kind of have to put up with it, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, since he is like a good guy and a hero, he's not necessarily going to outright, you know, punch this dude in the face and like, you know, take it. But, you know, he was offered a nonviolent way to get the suit back. So he took yeah. it. And I, I, I get it, that a hero would do that. And also uh, a, it, a guy with three kids would totally do that as well. I feel. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I so I, I just like watching him kind of just goes through the machinations of like because out of all the Avengers that we've seen, right? You know, Hawkeye might be the least powered, but he's been in it probably the longest, mm-hmm. right? I feel like he's been probably an agent for Shield or in some capacity yeah. an agent even maybe before Natasha. Well, I guess Natasha he, got into it as a child. No, well, no, he he brought Natasha into Shield. She may have been grown up yeah. as an agent, but into Shield proper, he brought her in. Yeah, but I guess Natasha would have been kind of doing, like, underground kind of grunt work. Either way, like, Hawkeye has been at this his entire life. So, you know, it's funny to imagine, like, you know, Steve Rogers didn't really start doing it until he was, like, you know, like, 18. And he wasn't Uh really, like, an Avenger until, I guess, he was really old. He was over 100 years old, right, if you count the ice. So it's just kind of fun to see, like, he's grizzled. He's too. I'm too old for this shit. Is yeah. kind of the vibe I'm getting. I'm yeah. getting from him. He's, so, he's like, if everything uh, had gone, if you'd listened to me, this would already be done. But you didn't listen to me, and now here we are. When she kind of <laughs> like, she's. He's like, I don't even know who Kate Bishop is, and then she falls through the ceiling. I'm like, uh, there it is. That's uh-huh. that's it. I, he was actually. I mean, just, just back. He was sent to bring Natasha down. Remember, um, technically, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. So I would say he's even maybe got some some edge over her. Because of yeah, that. and like he's got a lot of uh, trust uh, for sure with his wife because yeah. uh, he he t- he told her like, oh, I'm gonna do that thing where I let myself get captured, and uh, then I'm gonna get out of it. Like he must have yeah. done this a hundred times, and she was like, okay, fine, it's just another mm-hmm. Tuesday for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just be home by Christmas. So, that's all I ask. Yeah, so I, I would I would. I think it would be a stretch to say it's a mixed bag for me, but it's overall trending positive, and I hope it stays that direction. Uh, but also, I kind of wonder if maybe Marvel is still just really trying to figure out how to make a TV show overall. I feel like, you know, Kevin Feige, who is the executive producer of everything at the MCU, right? He's the one that's in charge of reading over everything and making sure everything is in tip-top shape and pointing in the right direction. And he has had tons of experience and a lot of positive track record uh, doing this on a movie scale, right? Uh, Over like two and a half hours, right? So now that we're kind of stretching things out a little bit um, and putting it over across a couple of episodes, uh, I feel like they're still trying to maybe get their sea legs a little bit. You know, luckily it worked really well with WandaVision. Uh, For the most part, it worked well with Loki, even though Mm. you could argue that maybe it didn't have an ending, which I feel like even TV shows that end on cliffhangers kind of need endings. Um, So a mixed bag with some of the other ones. So uh, would you say Hawkeye is the beginning or the ending of kind of phase one for TV ending. shows? This was, I, and, this, was be, this was announced with the first batch, so that's why I say it's the, the uh-huh. first batch. G- gotcha. So maybe this is just kind of getting the last uh, the last couple wrinkles, getting, yeah. the, getting it, the kinks out of this, the first phase of uh, Marvel TV. To me, this one's easier to watch and is way more entertaining than the other ones because I don't, like, I feel like you only have to watch the Avengers movies to watch this one, right? Like, Loki, you've got to go down all the Thor movies as well, and and yeah, it was kind of strange to see that uh, that hostess at the restaurant say like, "No, you saved our city," and it's just like, well, you know, he also kind of saved half the universe too, mm-hmm. but I guess maybe that didn't quite make it into the papers. Yeah, <laughs> so he he's just still kind of a local hero for New York City. They don't know all the other crap he's been into. Yeah, right? exactly, and and so I think this one's very easy. I, again, Jeremy Renner, like you said, has been with the MC longer than any of the other actors. Other than um, 
I guess uh, the guy who plays Vision, Paul Bettany, but he was just a voice for most of the first half mm-hmm. of his his tenure. So like, I feel very much at home with him. And Journey Runner, like, just I don't feel like the character has changed. Like he's literally back into Hawkeye, like he has been mm-hmm. since day one uh, in the first Thor movie, and that's that's really cool. And I I really am digging this. And again, Haley Seinfeld, great. Um, she she made the, like the only good Transformers movie, right, with Bumblebee. So uh, <laughs> yes, um, she's she's got really good energy and really good. You know uh, stuff about her, so like this is easily a recommend for me, and I can't I can't wait to finish this up because I think once this wraps up, we're gonna get the the date for the next uh, show, and then you know that'll kick off next year for us and, and see where the next next set of shows are going. Which phase two for me is those three Moon Knight, She Hulk, and Miss Marvel, and those are a little more you have to like lean out of your your safety zone, right? Because you got like mm-hmm. a She Hulk, literally who is a She version of the Hulk. Uh, Moon Knight, who's crazy and talks to the god of the moon, and then Miss Marvel with her powers, whatever they are. So, um, mm-hmm. this this feels good to be a, a down to earth adventure. That's not really there's no crazy, there's no time travel, there's no dimension warping. This is just Hawkeye doing a thing, and we'll we'll call it a day. So, um, yeah, I guess there was Falcon and Winter Soldier, but those were kind of this was Super Soldiers, and eh, we don't like that anyway. But anyway, um, yeah, that's all I got. Mike, anything else you want to add to this? I think, um, I think, I think uh, that's it. I, think, I, I mean, much like the last uh, live-action Marvel stuff, and I guess even with What If, we're just a couple days away from the next one, right? That's I right. always forget that it's uh, Wednesday. Wednesday, man. yeah. I know. It's, it sucks as Wednesday because like, i got to avoid the internet all day on Wednesdays now so I don't get any spoilers. <laughs> but we'll see how that goes. Mike, people know what you're up to, what you're doing. Where can they find you at this holiday season? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com, and I'll be crafting my very next uh, gingerbread creation here soon. So I'm sure I'll be posting that on social media within uh, the next mm-hmm. couple weeks. Uh, Chris, people want to catch up with you. Where can they find you at your next Halo Land Ooh, party? Oh, Halo, it's out. We're playing it all the time. I can't stop myself. Uh, find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. When we have that land party... For Halo Infinite, I get all my friends together from the past twenty years who've been playing Halo with me. I will, I will, I will post about it. Don't worry, you guys will know. Uh, people know more about the show, what we're doing, uh, what we're gonna be, uh, I guess, getting into the next uh, month or so uh, before the end of the year. Where can they find that at? Oh, the best place you can find all this information is at superheroslate.com. That's the best place to find all the avenues we host a show and to get our kick-ass show notes. So if you want to see that DC Super Pets trailer, or if you want to see that Miss. Marvel uh, look at her new suit. We got that link in our show notes as well. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to find podcasts. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. Please reach out and let us know what you thought about the first two episodes of Hawkeye. Are you excited to watch the third one? Are you just kind of meh? Maybe you'll wait until they all wrap up and then binge them all at once. If you do that, you won't have to wait very long. There's only six episodes. So let us know what you thought about Hawkeye, and if you want to be a super fan of Superhero Slate, all you have to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and make sure you get your booster shot, because we got crazy science fiction-y named variants being announced every day now, uh, and make sure you're boosted so you can uh, survive through the holidays, And get that good cell service, right? That boosted cell signal. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But anyway. that's That's it for me, folks. All right. We'll catch you guys next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.